Just want to remind everybody also, Pastor Mike, this is a men's breakfast this week, right? Yeah, Saturday, Saturday we have men's breakfast, and uh, everybody's welcome. All the men are welcome. Just want to, we have a good time in the Lord, amen? And so just want to invite y'all, to everybody out to that Saturday morning, uh, 9.30, right, Pastor? 9.30, yes. All right, so... Looking forward to that. Like I said, we're starting a new series tonight, uh, Living in God's Overflow. That's going to be the title of this series of teachings. But we want to uh, go back to our foundational text, and it's found in Isaiah chapter 41. Every time we start a new series, we always refer back to this uh, and what God is wanting to do and what he's doing to every member of the Ark Fellowship uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yea, I will help you, yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. How many of y'all know God's going to confound the devil? Amen. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee, shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold your right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel. I will help you, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, or look, I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shalt make the hills as shaft. And we've been saying that God is going to make us dangerous to the devil. Amen. He's transforming us, taking us to a new levels of glory and power through Jesus Christ. And so that's our portion going forward. And I really believe that uh, this is what God's doing in every heart and every uh, member of the Ark Fellowship. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We reverence you, Holy Spirit. We wait on you, Holy Spirit. Your divine ministry is needed tonight. Jesus said, for without him we can do nothing. So tonight we reverence your presence And we worship the King. We bless your holy name, Jesus. We ask tonight that burdens would be removed. Yokes would be destroyed. Chains would be broken by way of your anointed word. Most of all, Father, we pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Psalms 27 is where I want to begin tonight. King David. I love King David. I love the man's ministry. I love his heart. The Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Just let that sink in tonight. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Power behind every righteous step we make. He's the power. Amen. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. (laughs) And to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. Psalmist says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. How many of y'all know that's overflow? (laughs) That's, That's the very best. That the old covenant had to offer. David knew what was important. And he knew that the overflow was his portion. He didn't settle for anything less. He knew that God was willing to allow him to have as much of God as he wanted. And the overflow is even greater for us now because we live under a better covenant established upon better promises. God wants us to experience him in this manner. He wants the child of God to experience the flood of his presence and the victory of his cross. But we must do some things in order to do that. We have to uh, renew our minds, number one. It's very, very important. If we're going to experience what God wants us to experience on this level in terms of his divine presence, his unlimited presence, we got to begin to think right concerning our access to this. We, we can't let religion or people who are not filled with the Holy Ghost talk us out of what is ours. 
has a covenant right. I mean, the blood of Jesus was shed that we might enter in into an intimacy with our God. The divine presence of God is ours bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we have to renew our minds to those things and walk by faith and not by sight and by feelings in order for us to live in that overflow. Because it's the will of God. That we just not visit that place, but that we live there. Not saying we won't have challenges. Not saying that the devil won't come against us. Not saying that, you know, we're not going to have difficult days. But there is an anointing in that place. That will sustain us. That will empower us to overcome. We are overcomers. I mean, that's just who we are. He has made us that way. We are the children of the living God. We're not second class citizens, hallelujah. We have everything that God has given to us through the inheritance, but God wants us to renew our our minds to this. To live in God's overflow, we got to renew our minds. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and let's look at the scripture. I quoted the scripture, but I want us to see it with our eyes. There's something about when you see the word of God with your eyes that makes it real. Be not conformed to this world. Stop thinking like the world thinks. Stop thinking like the unredeemed thinks. Stop thinking like those who have not been born again think. He said, don't be conformed to them. Don't let them talk you out of an intimate fellowship with our God. Don't let them tell you that the overflow is not possible for you, because it is. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I must renew my mind by meditating on what God says about me and about what he says about my relationship with him through Christ. That Jesus has already went before me, and because he's already went before me, I can experience God on the level that God wants me to. The new birth has afforded me access into the Holy of Holies. And I can live there because God says I could. The only thing that hinders me from walking in that type of uh, access is my wrong thinking and my carnal mind. But God has given us a remedy for the carnal mind, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. As we allow Him to renew our thinking and conform us 
to the image of Christ. So I must renew my mind. Now the devil does not want me to renew my mind. He's going to fight me. He's going to try to stop me from seeing those things that God wants me to see. But we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome wrong thinking. To overcome shallow thinking. To overcome a defeatist attitude. See, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. That's what he said. Through him that loved us. If God says I can do a thing, I can do it. If God says I can possess a thing, I can possess it. But I must be radical in my thinking in terms of guarding my mind against the lies of the devil. The overflow is my portion. And I won't be talked out of it. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. Thank you, Jesus. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. How many of y'all know we, God has equipped us with mighty weapons? Our Father has not left us defenseless. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is a fortified thing that Satan has placed in our souls that hinders us from believing what God says. It is the enemy's attempt to keep us in a box and not allow us to experience the freedom that's in Christ. The scripture says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. To enjoy God, to experience God, to love God. Hallelujah. We did a teaching just a couple of weeks ago, actually last week, on God's love. We found out that we have the love of God because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So I can love God on the level that God wants me to love him. I can cast down the imaginations that tell me that I can't. I can cast down Every image of me living under the curse. How many of y'all know we're not supposed to live under the curse? How many of y'all know we're not supposed to live in bondage to anything? And when I say anything, I mean anything. Sickness and disease, that's not our portion. Poverty and lack. 
that's not our portion. Depression and oppression, that's not our portion. But I must cast down every imagination and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, the Bible says. So every time the devil tries to give me an image or an imagination that I am less than, I must, in the name of Jesus, go to war and cast it down. Every time the enemy tells me that I cannot prosper in this world, I must, at that moment, the moment that thought comes, I don't play with it, I must cast it down. Every time the enemy says I can't get healed, that healing is not my portion, I must at that moment remind the enemy as I cast it down. By his stripes, I have been made whole. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Okay? We, 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 that's the type of mindset that causes us to consistently live in that overflow. I must renew my mind and I must cast down every thought that says that I can't have what God says I can have. Okay? That's our, that's, that's the warfare. That's the, uh, the place where the, where the believer is called to fight the good fight of faith. The battlefield, remember, is in the mind. Okay? That's where the battle is won or lost. So we have to get, we have to get that straight. Because the overflow is what God wants us to experience. Let's go to Psalms chapter uh, chapter 23, Psalms 23. Very familiar scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want to live in Constant want is never the will of God for his people. I'm going to say that again. To live in constant want, constant lack, constant insufficiency is never the will of God for his people. It's out of order. I can't... Listen to people who tell me that God is a God that uh, sometimes wants you to live without. I got to always go back to the word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want is not my portion. I must reject it every time it speaks to me. I cannot come into agreement or covenant with want. I must cast every thought down that speaks to me, that tells me that I am to live less than. Okay. Let's look at verse 4. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shadow of death. The shadow of the curse has no power over the child of God. The curse. It, 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 it has absolutely no authority over the child of God. Sickness and disease has no authority over the child of God. Poverty has no authority over the child. Depression, fear, all of those enemies have no legal right to us. But we must know that. And then begin to proclaim that. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And again, we got to make this personal. We got to say, if God did it for David, he'll do it for me. God is no respecter of persons. If he blesses one, he'll bless the next one, who exhibits the same type of tenacity and the same type of faith. You know, David, the reason I, I love him so much is that because he was willing to step outside of the box. On that battlefield that, that day against Goliath, he was the only one that was willing to step out against the giant. All of the rest of those soldiers who were on that battlefield, they had the same covenant right to step outside and kill Goliath. David was the only one who really trusted in the covenant who really trusted that the power of God and that the anointing of God was his as a covenant right. And so when he killed Goliath, it was no, it was no uh, surprise to David. David already saw Goliath dead before he even killed him. Because he remembered what God did to Joshua. God told Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. David remembered that God was faithful to Joshua. And that the same anointing that was on Joshua rested upon him. David believed that the overflow power of God was his. Because he was in covenant relationship with God. So he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I love it. He says, My cup runs over. That cup runs over and it runs over in covenant overflow. The unlimited blessings of God. That's what David was believing for. That the, that the overflow 
was not a sin, (laughs) but the overflow was God's will for him. That's what you must believe. That's what I must believe. I must renew my mind and actually believe that God wants me to live far and above the normal. He wants me to experience him on this level because it glorifies him. Unlimited blessing, that's our portion. Now as we go forward in, this, in these teachings, because we kind of lay in the foundation tonight, really what God wants us to do as he transforms us into these new sharp threshing instruments, we have to actually believe that God can do the impossible through us. We have to actually believe that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is our inheritance. And that we can flow in it and he can flow through us anytime he wants to as we yield to him. That the God that we serve, nothing shall be impossible unto him. And that he can actually use us to make an impact in our generation. That there's power available, I said, to make an impact in our generation. We are not ordinary. We simply are not. Pastor Goodluck used to tell me in his teachings all the time, we are not ordinary. We've got to stop thinking that we're ordinary because we're not. We're new creatures. In Christ Jesus. We are whoever God says we are. So the overflow blessing, the the running over cup, the unlimited blessings of God, that's ours. Now, again, it won't come without conflict. When the enemy sees that you begin to believe this way, he will challenge you. He will bring things against you like he's never brought against you before to try to dissuade you from taking your rightful place as a covenant child of God. See, we're we're called to rule and to reign until he returns. We're called to occupy this place of power. See, the reason the church has not made the impact that that it should It's because the church has an identity crisis. It does not understand its place. And God has has to change our thinking from weakness to strength. He has to change our thinking from victim to victors. I mean, when the enemy knocks on your door, that's an opportunity for you to use the power of the Holy Ghost to push him back. Just like when Goliath challenged David on that battlefield. That was an opportunity at that moment for any one of those people who were in in that army to glorify God by standing on covenant. David was the only one who did it. May you be the David in your generation. 
May you do do what God has called you to do. And God has called each and every one of us to greatness. We, we have to, we have to uh, cement that in our thinking. He's called each and every one of us to greatness. He is not a respecter of persons. And I, somebody said, well, when I, when I get to heaven, yeah, it'll be that way. No, you can experience some of that power right now. If you'll believe. He's coming back, listen, he's coming back for a church that's walking in power. He's coming back for a church who knows who they are in Christ. And who will not settle for anything less than what the covenant promises. He's coming back for believers. Who actually believe the word. Psalms 126. Let's go there. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. (laughs) The captivity of Zion. Zion represents the church. The bondage that is in the church. The Bible says when God sends that anointing that destroys the yoke, that hinders us from experiencing God on that level, we will be like those who dream. We'd be like those who didn't really believe that we could experience God on this level. A life like on heaven, on earth. That, that's, that's our portion. God has brought deliverance to the church, but the church just don't know it. We are free, but we just don't know it. The thing that hinders us is our soul. We're free spiritually, we know that, but it's our soul, it's our thinking. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions that cause us to come short. But God is bringing in this hour an anointing that's going to cause our souls to be strong, to be free. To, to be able to believe every promise and to grasp every challenge. Luke chapter 4, let's go there. So God has brought deliverance to the church. But I need some scripture to back that up. Luke 4. Verse 18, this is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives. So that's what Jesus came to do. He came to preach deliverance to those who were in bondage, any kind of bondage. He came that the church would walk free and be that power in the earth 
and be that influence in the earth that his kingdom would reign through us through deliverance. So you and I can do whatever God says we can do right now. Every chain that has held you back, every fear that has intimidated you, that's a thing of the past. You're going to go forth now in the power of the Holy Ghost and do everything that God has placed in your heart. Because God is transforming our thinking. We're believing the promises. We're believing that whatever he says I can do, I can do. Whatever he says I can be, I can be. If he says I can go to Africa and win the, and win the nations in Africa, I can do it. Whatever he places in my heart, there is power made available to accomplish it. Because I've been set free. Now, again, I must settle this in my thinking. Because what the enemy will do is he will bring challenges and obstacles and roadblocks and use those things to cause us to be afraid to step out. But when you know that you know that you know that God will back you up, you won't back away. You'll go forward in the face of fear. You'll go forward in the face of impossibilities. Because God is on your side and you know it. It's not just in your head, but now it's in your heart. You're believing that you are that new sharp threshing instrument with teeth. You believe that you can thresh the mountains even as God said you could because the power of the Holy Spirit is yours. You believe that you can go to the jail and preach the gospel to the inmates. Hallelujah. And that you can win that whole jail. Amen. By the power of the Spirit. You believe that you can be an influence on your job. You can actually be an influence on your job. And cause people to want what you have. But again, I got I to gotta renew my thinking. I can live in the overflow. That's my portion. I can't be talked out of it. Galatians chapter 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Again, the curse of the law is spiritual death, poverty, sickness, and disease. All of those are under the curse. You have, and I have been redeemed from those things. Well, somebody said, well, if I've been redeemed from those things, why do I see so many believers succumbing to those things? Good question. And the main reason I see why that's happening a lot of times is because of a lack of knowledge of who we are and what has been done. If I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed. And I can't be talked out of it. So when a disease comes against my body and I receive symptoms in my body, this is where we live. At that moment, I must, 
out of my mouth proclaim my liberty. I must at that moment reject even the most fiercest attack on my body. I must say no in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, well, that's dangerous. No, that's Christianity. I must speak to that mountain and believe that that mountain must obey me because God said so. I'm preaching what I know. This ain't something I'm just preaching. The enemy has attacked my body many over the years, many, many times. And I know some of y'all got the same testimony. You know what I'm talking about. But what it, what it has to happen at that moment of confrontation, you must rise up in the spirit and know who you are. And know what you have been redeemed from. And know what God has spoken over your life. And at that moment, the enemy, he'll know that you know. And he'll back up. He just will. He has no choice. He has absolutely no choice. Now, again, don't do this if you don't really believe it. Go to the, go to the hospital if you don't really believe it. But there comes a time. When you got to say that enough is enough. And you, and you see, I'm like this here. I done got to this point. Either this word is true or it's not. I'm crazy like that. And I'm not, try, I'm not trying to get everybody to be crazy like me, but I'm just crazy like that. And if God said it, it's going to happen for me. Amen. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm not just talking about sickness and disease. I'm, I'm using that as, as a... An example, because this is what I've dealt with over the years. But one thing I've always done is I've always just tried to, Lord, I trust your word. Your word said it, and you got to back it up. And he does every single time, when I stand. Now, I don't stand 100% of the time. Sometimes I fail. But when when I really am honed into this, and I'm really focused on that word, it works every single time. Every single time. And, and what God has wanting me to do, he want, he's wanting me to teach people along these lines. Because fear will keep us away from what, what I'm talking about. The, the, the things that happen, because the enemy, he can touch our flesh. He can do things to our flesh. But at that moment, you have to know that you've been redeemed from it. You have to know it. And you have to say it out of your mouth. And you have to speak it to him. And you have to do it in authority. That's where, that's, that's where this thing is. It's with authority that we live. And knowing the word of God. So, we've been delivered from captivity. We've been redeemed from the curse. Let's go back to Psalms 126 with the rest of my time. And again, we're just laying the foundation tonight. Because it's going to get gooder and gooder, amen? We're going to come out of this season unafraid. Unafraid. Because we're trusting in our God and his word. 126 and verse 2. We were like them in, that were in a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter... And our tongue with singing, 
Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us, whereof we are glad, the Bible says. So, we're going to be like those who are in a dream. We're going to walk in divine power like never before. And we're going to resist every assault of the enemy. Whether it's in our finances, whether it's in our body, whether it's against our family. We're going to resist him. And at that moment, the devil is going to back down. Somebody say amen to that. Proverbs chapter 10. Let's go there. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. I submit to you tonight that the scripture cannot be broken. The blessing of the Lord, when the Lord blesses you, he wants you to be, have that overflow. He wants you to experience abundance. Now, again... You can be talked out of that. You can, you can allow the enemy and religious people to talk you out of that. But the Bible says that the God's blessing will bring an overflow in your life. Now everybody may not be a millionaire, but you're going to have more than enough to take care of your, your family and to take care of the kingdom of God. Okay? That is what is ours. That's, that's our portion. Not lack, not being able to sow a seed into uh, the ministry, but you'll be able to do whatever God places upon your heart to do where finances is concerned. The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich and adds no sorrow with it. So, going forward, no matter where you stand financially tonight, you must make a decision. I must make a decision that we're not going backwards. But we're going forward because God's word says I can. I'm blessed, highly favored, and the power of God to prosper is upon my life. Therefore, I'm going to live in the overflow where finances are concerned. Somebody say amen to that. That's, that's good preaching. Nothing wrong with that. That is, see, that's where God wants us. He wants us to be able to send missionaries and be no problem. That's where he wants us. There's no strain, no stress. And again, the script, that scripture cannot be changed. It'll make you have an overflow. I'll close here in Psalms 1. Let's go there. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, or in the word of God. That person delights in the word of God, or what God says. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So you can't be a lazy Christian and experience this. I got to be a person who's committed to truth. I got to be a person who's committed to the renewal of my mind. And I got to be a person who is willing to meditate day and night on the word. I'm thinking the word. I'm speaking the word. I'm thinking about the goodness of God. I'm thinking about ways that God can use me in my generation. it, It becomes your passion. It becomes what you live for. Then God says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Stand to your feet tonight. Tonight we're just, because we've got a lot more scriptures to go over the next couple of weeks. But tonight... I really believe what God wants us to do is he wants to get our minds in tune with his mind. That the mind of Christ will begin to be developed within us so that we begin to reject every thought of insufficiency, every thought of weakness, every thought of uh, sin consciousness, that hinders us from walking with God the way he wants us to. Let's pray. Father God, we approach your divine throne tonight. Thanking you for everything that you've done for us. Thanking you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thanking you, Lord God, that you have raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Help us, oh God, to meditate on your truth. Help us, Lord God, to see ourselves as you see us. Help us, Lord God, to not back away from challenges and and when the enemy brings things against us. But help us, oh God, to at that moment of confrontation, Lord God, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And to walk in fervent love, Lord, one for another. That's the key. Walking in fervent love one for another, O oh God, in our generation. So as we go forward in these teachings, Father God, I pray your people will begin to grasp the reality of what you have done for us through Jesus Christ. And we would not fall short of any of the blessings that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.